yet. We are what they grow beyond. That is the burden of all masters. My name is Matthew Kroll. And uh, this whole thing's a circle, but uh, not like a real circle, more like a freaky circle. My name is Shahir Dowd. And this is the only podcast about movies, specifically all of the films of 2017. Every, every single one. Uh, everything that came out. Of course, uh, coming in 2018. Don't worry about that. <laughs> this is our 2017 year in review of our reviews of the year. That sounds overly complicated. It is overly it's, complicated. Uh, I love just complex be the, names. Can it just be the best of? Uh, sh- I mean, yeah, so, if you so want to simplify Your favorite movie of the year must have been Call Me By Your Name then. Why? Because you like complex names. I think I, I think I do love complex names. Sure. Yeah. Would it be? Would it, is, is "Call Me by Your Name" the most complex name that we did this? We're gonna year? have to see as we go down <laughs> this list. How are you, Shahir? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? I'm all right. Uh, we just just coming. Pleasantries over. Let's move on. Oh, sure. <laughs> I mean, listen, we do have a jam packed episode for you. We have lots of uh, special wondrous guests uh, throughout. People write people people you you just go up to them with a microphone and just say what's your favorite movie? Well, okay, a couple, <laughs> a couple different things. We have a special interview with. You like with swear a, to me? What's your favorite movie? <laughs> we have a guest coming up in the middle of our. Well, so what we do basically, if you haven't listened to one of these before, is uh, Shahir and I will go down movies that we've reviewed. Yep. And we'll give some honorable mentions in the top, and then it's going to be our- I have so many honorable mentions. Great. <laughs> then it's going to be 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, building up all the way, and we'll talk about them unless we already talked about them, if, if we ever have cross-referencing. <laughs> this is the interesting thing. Last year, I think we went for like eight movies without a single movie- I know! In common. That's what, that what makes it fun. <laughs> so- um, well, but, but Matt, what do you think? How would you how would you summarize 2017 as a movie going year? Uh, I would say overall, um, how would I categorize it? Better than 2016. Uh, see, see the again the 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 monster in me or the the lizard in me says yes, but that might just be because I'm more familiar with it. But I do have a visceral reaction to thinking like, yes, this is a better year than 2016. So by that logic, 1920 is the worst year of movies and 2017 is the best year. In a weird, in a weird, not correct, but that's what it feels like way, probably. But no, look, we got, we got some, and we're going to talk about it. We got some amazing films this year, seemingly out of places you wouldn't sort of expect. Uh, a lot of different I, times. I'm guessing you're talking about different distribution methods. Different distribution methods. Uh, d- directors known for other things first. Uh, first timers or or near first timers. Like there's there's a lot of and then there's some tried and true stuff in there as well. But uh, th- it was um it was definitely a, an interesting year. I have so many subcategories to my reviews that I, I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt us every now and again and just read out a list of like different subcategories. That okay. I have. But before we do that, I wanted to go over some emails and listeners. If you are chiming in for the first time, you can email us at onlymoviepodcast at gmail or hit us up on Twitter at onlymoviepod as the following listeners did. Uh, we'd love to hear your opinions. By the way, on your top tens, we've got a few top ten lists uh, coming from listeners. Uh, one of which we'll be hearing from in person. That is right. Whoa. We. We have, we have we have a special guest coming up midway through our stuff, so wait to hear for that. And we've got another uh, list that I'll read out uh, perhaps when we mention one of their tweets. Uh, but first off, I wanted to mention an email that came in from Elias Sinoji. Ah, the other link. 
<laughs> yes, which is I believe his link on Twitter. Um, this was a this was a fairly long uh, back and forth where uh, they talked to us about uh, Blade Runner, and I think I hope I I tried to answer some questions intelligently, somewhat. You did. Uh, I I, I was going to chime in, but I was like, I think she here. I think it's I, you basically hit the nails. Uh, but you know, uh, we'll we we should talk more about Blade Runner at some point because I, I do want to revisit that movie. I haven't as yet. Uh, but I just wanted to read out the last line, which I thought was really nice um, uh, from Aelius. Oh my God, I'm so sorry if I'm butchering that. Uh, But they said, uh, and I don't know if this is a male or a female, by the way, I don't often respond emotionally to movies. It's easier for me to engage with video games, books, and sometimes TV shows. I think the common denominator is not being able to finish the story in one sitting. It's more powerful when I receive narrative in chunks. Moreover, video games require active participation and books require actively constructing the scene in my head. Mm -hmm. With movies, all the work is done for me and my brain just shuts off, which is exactly why I sought out your podcast. I wanted to practice critical think, uh, critically thinking about and actively engaging with movies. Thanks to you guys, I'm starting to develop a sense for detecting what a movie and its creators are trying to tell me through the language of film. I owe a bit of my personal growth to your podcast. Thank you both for doing what you're doing. That's the sweetest thing. It is the sweetest email. Thank you so much. We appreciate I um, I want to say as well, I really appreciated your, your Blade Runner question because it also uh, forced me to think about that movie because you know like what happens over time is that you 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 think about films slightly differently the, the further you are away from right, them. right right and and i have i have grown to I think dislike Blade Runner a little more the the further I've moved As away from. Yeah, but your question actually prompted me to like rethink about it, and I want to go back and watch it now, and maybe my opinion will change because that has I've definitely had that experience where a film I've d- actively disliked the first time, I've come to I've come to appreciate the more I watch it. Yeah. So thank you again for that email. It was very very sweet. Uh, we appreciate that, and um, uh, please keep listening and please keep uh, writing us questions. That's all. Yes, please please do. Also, we've been getting some lovely reviews on the old iTunes box oh, you can yeah. you can rate us on itunes if you'd like five stars would would be preferable but you know go with what you feel <laughs> um we have a beautiful one from chuck he says the only podcast about movies is fantastic i just heard about it and i've loved going through all the older episodes give it a listen i'm curious chuck and you can email us at only at gmail.com you said i just heard about it <laughs> where'd you hear about it Where'd i'm you? just curious where I mean, who was it was it just me standing on my roof in queens yeah yeah just just yelling Only movie pod <laughs> actually i i was on a panel last week and i and i had to you know like they said oh where can we find you and i plugged the podcast and i real and i it took me like two or three goes before i actually got the name right <laughs> i was like she hears uh, our marketing genius i know i was like only movie pod and i was like no wait that's not it. it's only podcast no and then i was like in front of this crowd good good <laughs> i'm glad i'm like hugh granting that but shit chuck <laughs> chuck thank you so much for your kind words they mean a lot and uh keep on listening i'd love we'd love to have you uh we also got some some tweedly tweedly tweets uh yes we did uh uh, laura on twitter uh, who's one of our favorite listeners we love having you on laura uh has tweeted at us uh about our call me by your name review two weeks two Uh, weeks ago two weeks ago yes uh and she had this to say which I, i think is interesting uh Interesting episode for Call Me By Your Name. I guess I understand where Matt's coming from, but it did not have the same effect of me. Was wondering why this kind of magic trick thing worked for Matt and Mother as opposed to this film. I know, I I mean, I know Mother is very bold and anything but subtle, but I felt these moments worked in Call Me By Your Name. They're indulgent moments for sure, but the movie's about exploring indulgent tendencies. Mm-hmm. So they did anything but bother me. Right. Um, and so if you haven't listened to that review, basically uh, we talked a lot about 
Uh, I love that movie, but there were things that didn't quite work for you, Matt. There were things that didn't work for me, and without getting too much into it, I too really liked that movie. I said uh, in the initial review that it was a roller coaster ride for me, being like, "Oh, I like this. Oh, I don't like this. Oh, I really like this. Oh, I don't like this. Oh man!" And like by the end, I came out, I came out on a very positive tip, and I think the ride is what sort of got me there. Right. Um, the things I was just saying was it, it definitely, um, and just sort of responding, and I'll get into another tweet we did, uh, we got in a second, but. Um, um, the the reason I think Laura that the, uh, the I guess the quote magic trick being um, I think I think it's the it's you, you had a thing about um, well you used the term before I kind of took the the magic trick like if you see a magic trick done over this is outside right. of films if you right. see a magic trick done over and over and over again and you kind of learn how it's done that it has less of an effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe, oh God, I hope I'm getting this right. I believe what I was referencing with using that terminology uh, I, I snagged from you, Shahir, is um, the the uh, times in which sort of a twofold thing, when when the movie started almost having things happen in it that self-referenced what was going on with the main characters mm-hmm. and also a bit of the fly, there's some flies, digital or not digital flies put in whenever there's the itch of in someone's mind of a thing. And... Um, and the reason I think the the I guess the magic trick. I, I, see, I don't think mother. I think, I think magic trick is the wrong, wrong word. It's the I wrong do. word for this. Uh, but I, I'm just trying to the 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 reason why I think um, the, it, those type of things don't work. At least in Call Me by Your Name, I think mother and Call Me by Your Name treat these things very differently. I think that you're absolutely right, Laura. That it, this film is about exploring indulgent ten- tendencies, but the pacing and the way that it's built around, I felt like would have been much stronger if they didn't take those little uh, uh, like alleviated moments to like read literature that's exactly about what's going on in the film and then go back to what's going on in the film. And like, I just things like that took me out of it where mother, if, if we're calling these both and again, it's the wrong term, but magic trick mother takes its trick and just not only like it. Yeah, sure. It does it. And it does it more and more. And it reveals more and more of its hand to you as it goes, but it just cranks it to, to 11 and does something. It basically, if call me by your name, its trick is riding this emotional knife's edge where it is very subtle. And I have problems when the subtlety is just kicked out for blatancy where mother just decides, nope, it's rub, 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 and blatant. And oh my God. And did it stop? Yep. Nope. Oh my God. There's a baby. What's happening? Like it gets very, um, it's super intense for that. So I, again, while I, while I, um, I, I just wish there was small things, you know, and you know what? This is the weirdest thing she here. Mm-hmm. I will say this. I didn't like the things in Call Me By Your Name that I'm calling out in mm-hmm. this, but I don't know if I would have loved the movie as much as I did on a whole if those things didn't exist to take me on this ride of like, am I really liking this experience or not? Right. And I guess I guess my point was, um, I yeah, none of those things ever detracted me from what was the overall experience, right. and I think and I think that was the the tricky thing. Which, I want to come back to Laura uh, after you read out the next. Time. Right. So the, the this sort of brings it into it again, and I think it's important, um, dear listeners, if you if we do something that you feel critical of, please let us know. Tweet at us at Only Movie Pod, as Joseph did. Uh, he said, "Finish the podcast," uh, and uh, the reactions uh, are more revealing of our individual personalities rather than the picture. Matt is entitled to his opinion. Thank you, buddy. Um, uh, but it seems more determined to find things to be loud about, uh, whether they were debatable, deliberate. Uh, d- deliberate or not. Sorry. Uh, while Shahir is obviously more the contemplative thinker, he continues on, I believe, um, after, oh, you, re- you replied to him and then he says, um, this is by no means a criticism, but Shahir is eventually more attuned to trying to understand something while Matt just seems full of id, full on <laughs> id. Uh, I take that as a weird compliment, but because they make your favorite video game. 
Uh, no, they're not my favorite. But Doom, <laughs> the new Doom is good. You want to you want to talk about Id from from Id? Mm-hmm. It's the new Doom. Um, I, uh, you know, it's interesting because I don't. Uh, oftentimes, I'm loud. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we uh, both of us fall into the discourse you hear of getting semantical about things. I'm, I'm always up for semantics, um, <laughs> but I don't um, I don't particularly agree uh, with me just not liking a thing to be loud about this. I feel like I actually I've actually gone back and listened to the episode mm-hmm. and uh, I feel like again there I, I don't expect anyone to uh, you know full on you know agree with my opinions all the time because that'd be silly because I, I say silly things but the the what once I've said my my loud piece I do always go back and I feel like I'm as clear as I possibly can be as to why I'm feeling about a certain thing mm-hmm. and uh so I maybe on the surface, if if for instance I'm loud initially and that turns a person off from listening to my opinion later on, I can totally see that. But I will say a little bit in my defense is uh, I do feel like I laid out the reasons why I had these slight problems with the film uh, fairly clearly, and I always find it fascinating. Like again, I still I will go on record saying it was a great film. Like I really enjoyed it. But I, people see people do take umbrage sometimes when you when you call out a fault that even you feel mm-hmm. um, in a thing that otherwise and I, I, it would affected them in a purely positive or at least a, not positive is the wrong word, but a purely effective way. Right. Um, I, I I mean I think I just want to point out uh, one thing which I I replied to Joseph about that you know and again thank you for um, yeah Joseph uh, this is by no means a slight to you I love having the discourse about this that's why we talk into this ether yeah so yeah. hopefully you people will come no, back no, and, and I think the 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 thing that I wanted to point out there is something that he said at the top which is that the the final review is more of a reflection of our overall personalities and I think that's something that we actually really do actively try to try to do because in in my opinion again I think we've talked about this on on the podcast oh yes 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 is that we're not here to review a film, although we will give you an opinion about whether you should see it or not. It's still our opinion. It's our opinion. And also what we are, Matt and I have very, very different tastes. Um, you know, if you've listened to any episode. <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, we this have, list won't In fact, that. this list will probably <laughs> exemplify that. Um, and, and the thing that I think is that makes the show work, if I can be self-referential about our show for a second. Do it. Is that we, we are coming at cinema from very, very different places. And we're, we're kind of interrogating our responses to it uh, from very different places. But that doesn't mean that one is right or one is wrong. It's just that we, you know, and, and also it doesn't, uh, I, I think the thing that that's important there is I think we're, I, at least I hope <laughs> from my point of view sure. that this comes across is we're both very honest about our opinions. Like we're not ever kind of sugarcoating what we like and, and also actively trying to destroy something that we don't like. So uh, I think I just want to point that out as well is that is that you know we we do have very very different opinions about like you know i don't think you could put two people in a room who have the more <laughs> polar opposite reaction sure to movies you know so so i think and i and i you know i hope that's what listeners enjoy because we we should hopefully get listeners from both sides of the spectrum yeah um i want to come back to laura just quickly because she also wrote us in with her top 10 of the year oh wow uh, and i'm gonna read it out really quickly um because we're uh, I, so well, many numbered things coming up and we're gonna jump into our top 10 right after yes. this right well, our 
honorable mention, Shaheer. Okay, and I want to. I'm just going to read out Laura's list uh, very quickly, and, and this is going from ten through one. So ten would be Columbus, a movie by Coconada, which we uh, haven't reviewed, but we I would love to review that. I'm very uh, interested in, in what that per- director has got um, uh, coming out soon. Cool. Uh, Get out. It's Get Out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Faces Places, the Agnes Vada documentary, which is I wish we had seen. I wish I've seen more Agnes Vada documentaries. Uh, I have, I've seen a few of her things early on. I think Cleo from 5 to 7 um, uh, is probably the main one I remember. Uh, Baby Driver, the most rewatchable movie of the year. Raw, which is a film I think we would both dig and we haven't seen, a French uh, horror film. Uh, Three Billboards, uh, nominated for an Oscar, so there is that. The Meyerowitz stories, um, the Noah Baumbach film, which might be a good companion piece to uh, Lady Bird. Uh, a Ghost Story. I want to uh, see that so bad. Uh, on, I'll, I'll come right back to that in one second. Uh, Call Me By Your Name is her number two, and Lady Bird is her number one. She wrote us a lovely email about seeing Lady Bird yeah. with Peter Gerig, yeah. uh, in the audience. So, that one's uh, Thank you so much, Laura. Um, yes, thank you, Laura. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you, Everybody who uh, gets involved in our little uh, movie movie discussion time, yeah, it's so very fun. Before we do, I think maybe just uh, just back ending off, Laura. What do you before we start our top ten of the year? Sure. What was the best film you saw this year that we didn't review? Oh, have you got what was this the best thing you saw that that for whatever reason didn't come up on our podcast? Have you have you got anything like that? Maybe maybe the best thing you saw is on our podcast. I, well, it is. I, uh, oh, there you go. I'm trying to think of something off our list. I, I mean, truth. Hmm. Hmm. I'm a little stumped. You want me to go first? Yeah, please. Okay. So the uh, I've got two of them. The best film I saw this year that came out this year or 2017 that we didn't review that I wish we'd reviewed <laughs> uh, was a ghost story. Uh, the David Lowry. So film. you did. Yeah. See, I didn't see that. Yeah. I wish I did. It It is phenomenal. It took my breath away. It, I fell in love with it in every facet. Um, I think it's just a work of genius. Um, and then the, I, I watched a lot of older movies as well. And the, the best older film I saw this year was the kid with the bike, the, the Jean, uh, the Luke, the Darden brothers film. Gotcha. Um, which I, I watched three times this year because I, I, I watched it and then I showed it to someone and I watched it again after that. I just, I, I, I'm now a big fan of the Darden brothers. Um, anything that you saw that you, that you, maybe it's not, maybe, maybe everything we, the best thing you saw is on our podcast. I think it honestly is like, there's movies I saw that like, we didn't talk about officially on here, like Jumanji, which actually we'll get into. Right. Um, but the, the, yeah, I, I don't, I honestly don't have one. And if I, and if I have one, I've spent too much time thinking about this list yeah. to think of it. If I think of it as we go, okay. uh, I will, I will whip back around. Okay. But, uh, who's going first? You and me, uh, let's go, let's do honorable mentions. You have more than me. So maybe I just do honorable mentions first. Okay. okay. Um, and then here we go. So my honorable mentions are, are, are fairly, um, tame in, in, in mine comparison. are not, <laughs> uh, honorable mentions. Uh, first and foremost, the big sick. Okay. Uh, we talked about it a lot. Uh, yeah. You know, great film with uh, great diversity. Also, unconventional for Hollywood sort of love story because I do believe that no actual love story is uh, really conventional, and it's nice that it was sort of um, <laughs> it was a bit of a true story too, and I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Also, um, Get Out is in my honorable mentions. Ah, yeah. uh, it it just Hot take. it reinvigorated <laughs> the horror films for me, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it made me uh, highly uncomfortable in all the ways possible that you you can in sort of situations like that, and it solidified George. 
Jordan Peele as uh, uh, you know, so, uh, it, it blew him out of the 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 incredible wheelhouse of Key and Peele. Yeah, and and now he, I'm so psyched to see where he goes. So that makes it great. There's a lot of stuff coming up, and also just my other two uh, were Wonder Woman and Spider Man Homecoming. Both oh, honorable mentions. mentions. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, Wonder Woman obviously proof as if we really needed it that a woman could lead a blockbuster. Aliens, what up? <laughs> uh, also, the, the honest portrayal of heroics that isn't all entirely punching until the third act. And then uh, the only good thing the DCEU has going for it. And Spider-Man. That's an honorable mention yeah, for sure. sure. Uh, Spider-Man was just the first true Marvel Spider movie since the Toy Maguire days. Tom Holland is the best yet. And uh, Spider-Man, it, t- it takes Spider-Man without, it basically makes him fun again without destroying who Peter Parker is or negating any of his struggles. So I really did enjoy uh, all those films, though they did not make my list. Ah, I got to say my list. I th- So unlike uh, previous years, I would say uh, this has been an excellent year for film. And uh, the 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 point that I wanted to make there is that um, my last year Moonlight was my number one film. Yes, and it was like without a doubt, you know, this is the best film I've seen this year. Um, there's no question here, and everything else is after Moonlight. This year, you could switch all of my numbers all the yeah. way around yeah, yeah, and it yeah, would yeah. be totally acceptable. They're all over the map. I'm switching things right before we're speaking. The two films, and this is going to be a hot take, that hot take. The, that these were on my list for the longest period of time and then I was like, I've got to cull these, are Lady Bird. I w- <laughs> Lady Bird honestly could be, it could be the number one film I saw this year, but it's not, it didn't quite make my list. But when I, when I, then it couldn't be, then no, there's 13 or 14 other ones in, in front of it. Uh, I could switch them around and be That's happy. Not how I have reasons works. for other, no, I have reasons for every other film <laughs> taking a spot over Lady Bird. Sure. And so I, and some of them, and some of them aren't because they're bitter movies. Um, Lady Bird is an excellent film. And, and I was like, I, it, it was it was difficult for me to remove it, but what it came down to was what is a film that I personally love love, and I love Lady Bird, but not as much as I love love some of these other films. And that's a weird you weird, love it, you're not in love with it. Yeah, it's it. a weird thing to do. The other one was Barry, the the Vikram Gandhi. Oh yeah, film. our first the review first, of the year. First review of the year for the longest time. This was on the list. This was like I love this film, and I and the thing is, I think Barry and Lady Bird are actually a perfect pair of movies because they're both coming-of-age films about young people trying to figure out their identities. One just happens to be Barack Obama, yeah. and the other is Lady Bird. So um, those were my two that I took out. And I know, Laura, Lady Bird was your number one film. And honestly, it could... It could have easily been, it could have easily been number one or number ten on my list. Who are you gonna agree with on Twitter now, Laura? <laughs> huh? Um, I I'm also kidding. last year I made this thing, you know, like because uh, we do review films that came out the re- the previous year. Um, no, you do that. There's no we. <laughs> you do that. No, well, we review films that came out the previous year, <laughs> yes, right? Yes. And then uh, the question is, is can those films now appear in our best and you of? Cannot. Like, why? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> what do you got? I took these films out because I was like. <laughs> Because I was like, okay, I because honestly, there were too many good ones. And these two films, again, could easily, easily be number one. The reason I took out OJ Made in America, which which honestly could be my number one film of the year or film in in uh, quotation marks, is is that I think I've already celebrated that film in our test of time episode. Yes. I think I've already talked about how much uh, I how important I think that film is and how much I think that will stand the test of time. The other one is American Honey, um, which is uh, uh, Andrea Arnold's film, which I just fell in love with in the same way that I fell in love with the kid with the bike. Um, it's just an, an incredible piece of Americana. But moving on. 
My number 10 Ho- film. Hold on. Before you do, don't jump in. We oh, my got, God. We, we got, got a lot of preamble here. preamble and guests and things. So uh, honorable mentions before we get, we just finished those up. Uh, so ladies and gentlemen of the, of our little podcast community, uh, I threw a little uh, New Year's Eve party this year. It was impromptu at the uh, at the only podcast studios. <laughs> hey, guess what? It's New Year's Eve. Come over. <laughs> yeah, basically, that's what it was. Uh, Shahir, sadly, uh, was busy because I, I was a slacker. But uh, throughout the evening... I invited people into the studio and to talk about what films affected <laughs> you come them. Come into my boudoir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come in here. It's fine. There's candy. Yeah. Um, th- basically, to talk about the films that moved them or their favorite films of, of 2017, because I kind of wanted to get just sort of like people that don't just talk about movies all the damn time, what they thought. Okay. Uh, so the first one uh, is from my friend Elle, and she had a- uh, Good name. A interesting, uh, an interesting take on her favorite film. Let's right. listen to this. There were a lot of really great movies in 2017, but my favorite would have to be Jumanji. Holy shit. Really? I know. I know. Okay. So first of all, it has, I mean, minorly to do with video games. Sure. But really why you see Jumanji, lesbianist, is uh, The Rock. Okay. So Jumanji, the original, was really fucking scary let's be honest it's scary like, and it's dark and it deals with a lot of adult sort of things in a, in a kids movie exactly and what uh i think we need in this day and age is levity and so what Dwayne the rock johnson does with both i think baywatch which was released earlier this year and also jumanji is he brings levity to it life in and of itself is hard it's challenging it is rough there is hustle there is flow there is just trying to get through it but in that life is also really fucking fun and if you want to see a really fun movie you should see jumanji so i i do kind of want to see jumanji for that reason i've heard it's a lot of fun now now the (laughs) the rock uh, yes look I follow The Rock on the Instagram and every day. On the Instagram? On the Instagram. Wow. I follow The Rock on the Instagram. Um, And he is a daily source of inspiration. I I think he is charismatic in ways that few people can actually be on uh, on screen. He's the physical embodiment of charisma, 100%. But Um, however. I'm curious about the Jumanji extended universe. Look, I've (laughs) seen Jumanji and Jumanji was fine. I think the reason I didn't uh, really connect with Jumanji was because it was so different from the film it originally sort of spun off of. Right. If The Rock did a random random jungle theme to get sucked into a video game uh, movie, uh, maybe I'd be more on board with it. It was silly and it was fun and it was fine, but um, but it definitely it definitely didn't crack even my honorable mentions. But I do. This is something I wanted to bring up because obviously Elle and I didn't really agree on that. Um, I we you, Sheer, you and I were talking even before we started recording that there's this growing like disparity. Uh, between critics and 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 average film goers and fans, yeah, and yeah. They're, they're the, uh, I think the movie in question is the is the Netflix film Bright, which we haven't reviewed. Yeah, um, the uh, there there is a uh, Netflix released a document which said that although Bright scored very very poorly with critics, it scored very very highly with audiences. And there's been a few films like that this year. I think uh, I believe. 
No, it wasn't Wonder Woman was one of those. No, but, Jumanji, though. No, but there was, a, and Jumanji, and there was another film that, like, really scored poorly with critics, but really did well at the box office. I can't recall which film it is right now. Yeah. And, and you know, like, it points to this idea that, that you know, critics are out of touch with audiences, and audiences are out of touch with what critics think are good. Which, again, I go back to the fact I love these are reviews that aren't reviews that we do. We just <laughs> talk about a movie and how they make us feel. L, thank you so much for giving us your top movie of 2017. And you know what? From a purely monetary point of view... She might be on the money. She is on the <laughs> She's 100% on the money. There's no question about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, number 10, Shahir, do you want to go first? Yes, what's I will. your What's your number 10 film of 2017? My number 10 film of 2017 is, drum name please, as I Google the director. Drum name? <laughs> drum, drum name please? I think I might be like... Are you, might, are you I'm having a, a stroke? I think I might be having a stroke. <laughs> um, I'll watch out for it. Um, no, my number 10 film is Your Name. Okay. Yeah. Nice. By, uh, Makoto Shinkai. Hell uh, yeah. Uh, the, 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 the number one film in Japan this year, um, which is a film I revisited towards the end of the year. I remember loving it as we watched it and then rewatch it and going, this is really a phenomenal piece of work. It, it is being picked up for a remake right now. I believe J.J. Abrams is behind the, the remake rights to it. Maybe. Great. I mean, who knows? They probably just pick up the rights for anything. Um, but this is an astonishing... You know what it is? Is it's an... Sometimes you watch um, uh, anim manga or animation films and, and think, oh... The thing to to watch is the animation here. The, yeah. the, the reason to to go into this is because of the animation, because, which is a lot of times you know like maybe why we watch Pixar movies. Well, a lot of, it's, it's even from a financial standpoint, you can't do a lot of times when something's animated. It's animated because it'd be way too expensive to do it in real life. The thing is, this is an extraordinary screenplay. Mm -hmm. This is an extraordinary piece of storytelling that has um, that is exciting as as the best blockbuster you've seen this year, and as heartfelt as the most emotional film you've seen this year, and it weaves together one of the most intricately intricately complex stories uh, in in a way that seems so effortless. And it ties it in with like cultural norms of different time periods and yeah. like it 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 it's great. It, I own the Blu-ray. It's, it's it's lovely. Oh man, I'm gonna borrow that. Uh, <laughs> not, <laughs> not until you bring back Logan. There you go. <laughs> uh, no, that's a great number 10. I I um, it could easily it could easily move up the list. So uh, so okay. Let's before we before, <laughs> these are ours. These are you've made a commitment at this point. Yeah. They can't, nothing can move. No, these could all move. No, I, I'm saying that because the, the, uh, the numbering is entirely arbitrary. These are all great films. That is not true. The they numbering are. is important. And no, yes, they're all great films. Of course, there's hundreds of films released in the year and these are the top 10. <laughs> they're, 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 these are the 10 and they could be 10 in any order. I could have started at one. Maybe no, your name was my number one. If I reversed my list and looked at it, the list still makes sense to me. It's a perfect palindrome of a list. Uh, so that <laughs> means number five is definitely your number five, no matter what. Five and six. No, it could be number one. Okay, <laughs> then you don't understand how lists work. All right, let's move on. Mine, uh, a little bit. Here we go. My number 10. Uh, and this this is going to be my probably my most controversial my most controversial pick. All right, hit me. Is uh the Overwatch animated shorts in oh, particular? Fuck you in, for all your bullshit about this is not a movie and don't do this and that. Yeah, yeah. Go fuck yourself. Uh, Rise and Shine in particular. <laughs> One short film is your number ten short film. Well, we, we wait. We and made Rise rules and, about and, and, and Rise and Shine is that one that we reviewed? Oh, oh no. no. Oh, that's not one that we Touché. reviewed. Touche. Yeah. 
huh? <laughs> but the episode came out this. That's an interesting thing. So yeah. I guess okay, because I haven't seen it. We haven't reviewed it. We haven't talked about it on this podcast. You know what? Duly noted. And due to so here's the deal. I will concede. I will take that off my list, and I will. Oh, move. it's all happening here. I will move. This list is hot. I will move. Hold on, hold on. But this is important. It's going to be honorable mentions. Going to jump. Yeah, up. it is because yeah. rules are important. I'm going to move. Get out. I'm going to move. Get out straight up to the number ten <laughs> slot because. Because rules are important, and if we're making a list, then the numbers do matter, Sheer, and now I'm adhering to the rules, so you have to as well. Get out Don't now. turn this around on me because you picked the movie we haven't reviewed. Exactly. I, I, miss, I, I uh, mistakenly broke the rules, and now I'm fixing it, whereas you're like, oh, any of these numbers, seven then, could be three, and oh, up is down. Wait, wait, but that's, that's an opinion. I just said that that could be true. I'm not saying, you're saying number for, 10 is my number 10. Yeah, okay. You're saying for, are you saying for other people, not like you're wishy-washy about your number system? That no, I am wishy-washy about my number system because- I don't think I, I think the numbering is arbitrary. I've made this list, but I'm saying your name could easily be number one if I wanted it to. I just chose not to. Right, but you understand that when you're listing a thing in this in this particular let me explain structure. it to you in a way that maybe you can understand. Okay, which is last year Moonlight was clear in a way my number, number one, one film. film. There was no question about it. Yes. Everything else came below that. This year, what I'm saying is all of these films are so good and I love them all for different reasons uh -huh. that if I took my number five and made it my number one, that would make sense to me. If I took my number seven and made it my number one, that would make sense to me. And I, I understand that. I understand that concept completely. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Okay, but what I'm saying is, especially because I'm getting called out on the rules that I set, well, just because, because I, I know, but, but hang on, I, but yours was far more egregious than me saying 100%, I love films. A hundred percent. But I'm I'm rectifying my mistake. Okay. Because we're all human and we make mistakes. <laughs> I've now changed my number 10 to be Get Out which I do think is a fantastic film. I, yeah. I, I talked about it before. It, it literally got me interested in horror again. And I don't disagree with your Overwatch thing. No, you no, you could have picked the whole Overwatch series, by no, the no, way. No, but no, it, but it's fine. Uh, the, my, my only point about the, the, the rule structure of this, and we talked about this sort of off, off, off podcast before, maybe uh, when we sort of developed this thing in the, in the years before, uh, the reason why you do a list, and yes, uh, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a conceptual level, <laughs> a ton of mine could move around, but I thought long and hard mm -hmm. about if I have to, yeah. because we We've built this structure, put things in an order that I would say, yes, uh, 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 intrinsically, number one in my mind at this current point in my life is better than number two and so on. Mm -hmm. That's what this exercise is. Okay. So, so to, so to just say, no, that's not, we said this is what that exercise would be, but it's not really that exercise. That's a little bit, it's a little bit dismissive. So well, what's wrong with being dismissive of a top 10 list, which means nothing because we made it mean something. <laughs> anyway, again, semantics, but uh, I'm, I'm, like rectifying, I said, I'm always up for semantics. I'm rectifying my situation. I okay. Do, so get out. Is get out was two. really, really, I mean, God, I mean, if you, everyone's but seen not it. as good as an overwatch short film, uh, rise and shine <laughs> gave me, gave me uh, more overall feels in a weird way. But th th again, I won't talk about it cause it's not on the list. Um, let's go. What's number nine. Number nine for me. Is Nacho Vindelovigalodus? Oh, you have to get the name right. I got, I got it wrong. Colossal. Yeah. I really, really, I, and what? A, again, this is a case where, uh, for example, you, you could easily make the argument sure. that Lady Bird is a much better film than Colossal, and I would not disagree with you in any way, shape, or form. But you did because your list is probably the other way. Because. <laughs> 
Colossal to me was one of the most original visions I saw this year for a story. And, and I think the thing yeah. that I loved about it was it took um, uh, the giant uh, kaiju, you know, monster kind of scenario and it infused it with uh, an emotional story that really had a lot of heart and it made sense to me and, sure. and it was and it was beautifully rendered. Again, I, I, I just it 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 has flaws. Uh, you, if you recall, our host, CJ, uh, our guest, CJ Johnson on that episode hated the film yeah like absolutely yeah. loathed it. yep um so i can i can completely understand that my point here is that this movie surprised me in ways that i was not expecting mm -hmm. and and it captured me on on the sheer force of its originality yeah no i agree it definitely has issues um it, the it's and I always find a lot of a lot of people that I've spoken to even since our review just didn't like it because it seemed like after I talked to them about it they just don't like Anne Hathaway and I'm like okay, strange thing okay but, you know. like cool like you remember when when she was the darling and the haterade train rolled around for no reason whatsoever yeah. like it it just felt like uh they're like oh she's just like trying too hard to be like Anne Hathaway and I was like what the hell are you it sounds like a high about? school uh, uh a high school uh, lunchtime uh oh, beef yeah you know? 100 no that that film was great uh my number nine okay uh is is your boy. Taika Waititi, Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok. Oh, uh, excellent, bro. <laughs> uh, uh, listen, it brought fun back to Thor. Thor was fun in the Avengers films, but he very rarely was fun in his own films when he wasn't like fish out of watering yeah. real hard. Um, it was honestly, if I'm looking at like just pure, just nothing else around it, pure fun at the movie theater mm -hmm. this year, that's what it was. Like okay. that was the most fun with no emotional resonance whatsoever film the the best ride i took and i would uh, uh you know uh, the thing for me about thor is it's exactly right it is and it, it gets so much right that i you know like i feel that a lot of the marvel movies miss on a fundamental level in that i just enjoyed the ride yeah. i was willing i was willing to go along with it i didn't think much more about it but i just i thoroughly ha enjoyed myself with the movie and i think it's 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 a true testament not only to him but maybe to the way that the marvel Marvel Cinematic Universe is opening up because um, I, I had another list that was like movies uh, that were way better than I thought they were going to be. Yeah. And Spider-Man Homecoming and Thor Ragnarok were on that list. Sure. There are a couple more, but uh, I don't want to uh, um, <laughs> yeah. hold you up. Not yet. No. And then it just proved yet again, like kind of like what you're saying, that properties when given the right directors with sort of minimal rain pulling can make all the difference and make it sort of feel like something you're going to remember. And hopefully Marvel does embrace this because as more and more properties get in here, they're all going to start feeling samey. And if, and if, and if the game is to make a film that can link to a film that could link to a film, you need to make those individual films still feel like individual films. Yeah. And Thor Ragnarok for all of its sort of grandiose tie inning yeah. uh, still felt like its own film. Yeah. I, yeah, it really does. It's, it's, it's kind of a, <laughs> it's a Marvel. It's a Marvel. It's a Marvel. That, that film is a Marvel. And it really, it swung my opinion on what those films could be. Yeah. Um, good. So it's, it is really that good. Number nine. Uh, so now we're, I want to toss to some more friends from the party are my friends, Babe and Leo, who talk about um, actually uh, one film that we've talked about before and one we haven't yet. You guys have uh, great names. Babe, <laughs> Leo, L. Yeah. What is this? They're good. Here they are. I mean, I'm trying to remember what I said. I mean, I loved Get Out. Um, everybody loved Get Out. Sure. Also, I really liked Mother, and I feel like that yes. is a very divisive film. Has anybody talked about that so far? Uh, not today? yet. I loved Mother. I have it on Blu-ray. I asked for it for Christmas. Mom was like, should we watch it? I was like, no. <laughs> that no. sounds like a fun family film. No. no. 
I personally loved it. It was interesting because we saw it, we saw it together and we had very different uh, vi- like visceral reactions yeah. to it. I, I really enjoyed it, but it's like, it's a, it is, ups- it's an upsetting movie. Like it's objectively like very upsetting, but I loved it. And I just, yeah. I, w- after wow. we, we got out, she was all very cerebral about it like and yeah. talked about it and everything. And I was just like, no, <laughs> <laughs> There's no, the yeah. only thing I think I said was no. for a half hour a was just, no. Yeah. And she was like, you hate it. And I was like, no, actually I didn't hate it. I respect that it made me feel a very powerful response. Like yeah. Emotionally, I just felt like vomit, like emotional vomit, <laughs> emotional vomit. Yeah. And claustrophobia and like I couldn't breathe and all these different kinds of physical things. But then I, I don't even know if I could look at Jennifer Lawrence like in person, like eye to eye now after the film I'd just be like nope <laughs> don't, don't please don't show me like a crystal piece that you're holding in your hand like I don't want to know anything about like <laughs> nothing just it, it made me close off emotionally nope. and like psychologically I was just like no that's fair Leo what's your favorite movie of 2017 or the one that was gave it gave you the most the most feels in a good or bad way um Honestly, it was Get Out. I really think that yeah, we, we were talking about it for yeah for weeks afterwards, and it was just like such a like it doesn't really fit into like a horror genre. But yeah. I think any good horror movie kind of breaks the rules, and yes. I feel like this is in keeping with that. You know, where like Scream or or even like Carrie. You know, Carrie was like mind blowing yeah, at yeah. the time, and Carrie is one of my favorite, not just favorite scary movies, favorite movies of all time, and that has a, had a lot of significance. Yeah, which you know is still true now. You know, it's about bullying. You know, and like you know, cruelty and like mm-hmm. how it creates monsters and whatever. And so I feel like this movie is very. very it's very obviously of the time, but I but I would argue that any any good horror movie is of the time and does play into the zeitgeist and does reveal crazy shit yeah. that's happening. So I feel like it's it, it's brilliant in the in the sense that I feel like it's it's like we're we're watching a, a, a classic in real time. Leo, babe, thank you so much for joining in our little conversation. Get um, out and mother. I'm surprised they didn't do Baby Driver, given one of their names is in the title. Uh, well, well, part three <laughs> letters out of the four. Um, uh, yeah, great choices. Uh, I think I feel like they're going to be movies we're going to talk about oh, a little I'm bit sure. later in our list. I'm sure. Let's get to our number eight, Shahir. My number eight is Bong Joon-ho's Okja. Oh, yeah. Uh, the first Netflix film on our list. Uh, a film that uh, I, you know, it's, it's, um, it's strange. I think uh, I was talking to Annie Gillies about this and we, we talked about the first half of this movie where it's just Okja and the little girl so wandering around the, uh, uh, a forest. And I was like, I could honestly watch just a movie of that. Yeah. And then the fact that the movie goes big and crazy after that is extraordinary. Bong Joon-ho is amazing. I love Snowpiercer. I love uh, his film, Mother. Uh, yep. And I love, uh, uh, one of my favorites is Memories of Murder. Um, uh, it, the only thing about this film that didn't work for me is an actor who I really love, and that's Jake Gyllenhaal. And I think, I think, you know, right. He, he was the only thing in this film that just didn't quite land. And it wasn't, look, I appreciate that he tried something. Uh-huh. It, I just didn't respond to it. And I felt like it didn't quite gel with the rest of the film, uh, which is why it, 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 you know, like I, you know, 
it, it, it could it, again this movie could move easily up the list or or lower on the list but i but i really i just i think this is an extraordinary piece of filmmaking um you know and and the fact that it came out on netflix it was available to watch right away yeah. it was one of the best movies that came out that month uh and you could watch it at home uh for 7.99 uh including a thousand others i know i think i think what got me though so uh i think uh, jake Gyllenhaal tried to do what tilda swinton does in a lot of her roles uh yeah, uh, yeah. that she did here and he just didn't it, even if he pulled it off she pulls it off better and it puts yeah. it in stark it's, contrast it's all, of what he's doing and compare it to heath ledger in the dark knight for example yeah, yeah. No, it's just it, it it's some people some and i and i have no I and have, it could be the directing it could be anything <laughs> but uh, but mm. i i just think uh it just it just something felt a little off but the movie's great yeah um yeah it is it's terrific yeah. uh it really is heartfelt funny uh of the moment so to speak you yeah. know like uh, yeah. yeah it's great uh my number 8 film is uh not as politically charged mm mm-hmm. Uh, my number eight film is the Lego Batman movie. Mm, that was also on my list of uh, honorables of, of movies that were way better than I thought they were going to. Yeah, be. I mean, I thought I'd have fun with this, but I've watched it a couple times since. And right. you get even out of the funny Easter egg to Jim Cotter references nonsense. And it's basically like it's a film that calls out Batman mm. and Batman fans on all their shit, but mm. then helping them out along the way to like maybe become better people. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's, it's arguably it's not even arguably it is the best Batman film since the Nolans. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, it's a kid's movie. That's super fun for adults as well. And easily the best, yeah, easily the best Batman film since the dark Knight. It, it, um, man, you could even argue, I mean, depending on your preference, it might, you could even argue it's a better film than the Nolans films. Well, here's, here's the deal. It's, it's kind of, so the Nolan films take the, the Batman as we know, sort of premise and, and not only put it in the real world, but still make Batman cool. Yeah, but if you look at Batman from a from an outside of the comic book or movie sort of perspective, and even in a lot of the films, Batman's not cool. He's a broody sociopath yeah. who just literally pays billions of dollars to beat up uh, insane people while dressed in a costume. What's your secret power? Yeah, I'm rich. I'm rich. Uh, but this movie, like, I can't believe I'm quoting the Justice calls <laughs> out. You did it. Uh, calls out Batman on kind of all of his shit, and then like moves him forward in a weird way. I don't know. It's just it was a much more impactful film than I uh, initially anticipated. Yeah, I, I think uh, it's it's a really again. Uh, it was on my list for a while until until we had to like call them down yeah. to ten. Uh, I I loved it. What about number seven for you? Going down this list. I know this is a film that will appear on your list without a doubt. Logan was my number seven. Oh film. wow! Okay. Uh, uh, I really like Logan. Um, it, it could have been on the list of like movies that I thought were going to be way better than I thought they were going to be, mm-hmm. but it was more. It was much more than that. It was. It was. Um, and and this is why it appeared. Uh, you know, over Thor Ragnarok for me is that I think it it did all the things that Thor Ragnarok did in terms of like being a unique experience, but it paid, uh, it's something that you said on the episode as well. It paid, it paid, uh, um, tribute to the fact that this is a swan song for this character, um, that we've seen and grown and known and love. And I think, you know, like, um, it, it also gave these actors an opportunity to like really, really bring what they do to a property that 
you know, and to a franchise that hasn't often allowed them to do that. Yes. And, and, and the results are astonishing. You know, the results are a script that is nominated for an Oscar. And it's, and, and, and it should be because the, you know, this is, and again, this is what I want from superhero movies. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to be like, Oh, it's part of a franchise. You know, it's that, that thing I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, grading them on a curve. I don't want to grade them on a curve. I want them to, I want them to be movies that you could hold up against other movies. And this is one of those movies that I could easily hold up against other movies. It's strange to me uh, this film was released so early in the year um, that I feel like people are forgetting about it a little bit other than the Oscar nomination. Yeah. But like, you know it's as good as The Dark Knight, I think. Yeah, um, 100%. And, and, and it should be up there amongst the best superhero, uh, the best comic book adaptations that there is. And, 100%. And, and it's it's great. It's wonderful. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I loved it. I think may, is it in, the, in, the, in the years we've been doing this, this might be the first superhero film to appear on my top 10 list. I think it might be. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know a hundred percent for sure, but that is something that I would bet money on. Yeah. Uh, um, and I think, you know, when you, when you say I hate superhero films, I think you do, you do mischaracterize what I'm saying. This is what I want. I might have said you hate superhero films. You say, in you, a, say in a, you say a lot of things in, in, in a fit of rage or yeah, a fit of joy. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, you know, I get that. I a hundred percent get that. I just, uh, I, and again, I, I don't feel like I need to talk about this because we talk about it every fucking week, but like, I still can like the films, the superhero in, in that genre that you don't like due to other sort of reasons and what I look for in films. And that's fine. Um, my number seven. Yep. I believe was your number 10. Your name? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, a little bit higher on the list for me. Uh, for me, it came out of nowhere. You said like, hey, let's go watch this movie. It's the number one movie on the planet right now. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay. Because uh, And so we went, we saw it, and I just fell in love with the care the characters in the world sort of put forth, especially like kind of like what you said. It's an animated film, but like... The animation is beautiful and that's great, but they they didn't make this an animated film because it was stuff that they could never pull off in real life. It's they made it because they wanted to draw this. Yeah. And that was really lovely. It got me thinking sort of about love and understanding in a brand new way and without forcing it. And it really only falls into one kind of shitty anime trope once very quickly. Right. Uh which is a, there's a whole gender swapping thing and there's you can imagine what happens. But uh it's all uh, like I'm not mad at the idea that this might be remade. Like I guess I uh, I do. Can, I, it it doesn't need to be remade, no. but as like I could see this as an adapt. You know, I could see this being remade. Do you think though? And let me ask you this: Do you on Do you think from a from a statistical perspective? Do you think the remake will be better than this film? Uh, no, no, yeah. no, no, I don't. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, maybe uh, it's possible. It's possible. But, but I, if, again, if we're putting money on things or we're betting on it, I would also bet no. Right. And that those are the things to me that like, I'm like, well, why, why just, just why? Right. Like there's no point for it. For yeah. Me. Uh, if there's, if there's something, even I'll even give, you know, it's interesting. Uh, this is a little bit further back and not an animation, but uh old boy. Right. When Old Boy was remade. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a, that's a worst case scenario because the remake is I know, but just what, exactly. But <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying is like Old Boy, there was no point in remaking Old Boy. Yeah. Whereas I'm trying to think of a film that like, I mean, the one the would one, be worth remaking. Well, no, the one I, I, I the, the, the thing I mentioned, which is a movie I don't love, but the, the, uh, Infernal Affairs to the Departed. Um, you know, I don't love, I don't actually love either of them. Um, but I think when I watch the Departed, I go, that's a good thoughtful adaptation of Infernal Affairs. And whether you like one better or the other, yeah. you do get additional things that change the way the film feels, AKA yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio and Jack Nicholson. I hate, you know what I, you know what I do? 
do hate though what? is the is the the only uh, a little bit of uh, cultural sovereignty here. The only reason we're talking about this as a possible remake is because it's a Japanese film. Like like there you know like if this was an American released film, there's no que- we wouldn't be talking about remakes. It's just because it's a Japanese film. Yeah, that, you know that we're talking about remake. And the thing is. It is a perfect, great movie on its own, yeah. and we shouldn't be having that conversation. One thing I haven't watched yet on the Blu-ray is I'm always I always want to see it uh, subtitled first, yeah. but then I'm always interested in the English dub. Sometimes, like mm-hmm. Bebop, you get lucky. Yeah. And oftentimes, you don't. But I'm curious uh, who voiced and how the voice acting was done uh, in English. I've been uh, going down a rabbit hole of my neighbor Totoro trying yeah. to find because I wanted to, I want my son to watch it, oh. and I'm trying to find. There was apparently a really good English dub of it. Anyway, down a okay. rabbit hole. If yeah. you want to send us gifts find me an original wow uh, p.o box we don't have one yeah uh all right now i want to jump to uh uh, more more friends spencer and johnny talking uh wow talking some odd films i think for this list so as much as i would like to say it comes at night or or get out or uh, american fable which we just talked about without the mics etc i i think in terms of sheer enjoyment Atomic Blonde. Whoa! When I saw Atomic Blonde, I enjoyed myself more than any other film I've seen this year. I was like cackling in the theater. I was like yelling at the screen. Charlize Theron really sells. Yeah, she's a everything. Beast. And and also a little a little thing that in in, in film and video games is referred to as feedback, mm. which is the believability of the violence happening. Sure. Like one of my favorite scenes is like her versus obviously blonde secondary antagonist, like just duking it out forever and at a certain point they're both just like staggering around as if they are drunk falling against walls yeah looking hatefully at each other and i was like this is kind of what the end of a long fight would be like though yeah that's great johnny what about you best best to the 2017 film i I was thinking about during this and i think i have to go with guardians of the galaxy 2 oh god bless you because what i've really been enjoying lately is Movies where I notice something new and different the more times I see it. Sure. I, I, I unravel layers like an onion. Yep. And Guardians was definitely the one that did the most for me. Like the first time I saw it, it was funny. It was like action. I enjoyed it. Second time I see it, I'm like really feeling the themes about family. I'm seeing the character connections. The third time, I'm just like weeping. Yeah. That last shot of of Rocket when he's and the, the last exchange he has with with Peter and he's like, you know, he didn't chase him away. And Peter, like the moment, like watching on Chris Pratt's face, like as he realizes that Rocket's talking about himself. Yeah. And just like that. Oh, that's so moving. Yeah. And, and seeing the themes of family. And that whole movie is basically saying, hey, look, here's your dad who happens to be an asshole and a god <laughs> lowercase g that's also a planet. But fuck him because your friends are your actual family. Listen, he may have been uh, Peter Quill's father, but he wasn't his daddy. Uh, Gentlemen. I can't hear that without crying. Thank right you or, so much. <laughs> For coming and talking to me about all this. It's our pleasure. daddy. Rock and roll. Yeah. (laughs) You're a nasty daddy. Ew. (laughs) That just made me feel gross. The nastiest of daddies. Yeah. Oh, gross. Uh, Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Yeah. It is a very good sequel. It is. You know, I will. uh, I I, I, I guess the only. uh, I. 
it's like you know, it's a little bit like Hellboy for me, which okay. is that, which is like I go, these are really good. They're not quite for me, yeah, but they are good. And yeah. then and then Atomic Blonde. I didn't see Atomic Blonde. I didn't see Atomic Blonde, but what I did see this year uh, was John Wick. Uh, yeah, which, which, or two, John Wick two. No, I saw John oh, Wick saw the first. I saw John the, Wick. Yeah, and I think I tweeted at you, which was like my tweet, and I think you responded in a way where it was like you didn't. You're like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? <laughs> but my tweet was uh, something along the lines of John Wick feels like Fifty Shades of Grey for action for 14 year old boys, which is that it is like an action fantasy sure. for, for 14 year old boys. Yeah. And, and, and the thing was, I, I appreciated the stunt work and the choreography of, of John Wick. I was like, Oh, this is actually really on point. Keanu did work. Uh, the reason I mentioned uh, uh, John Wick as well is because of the same director, yeah. uh, David Leach, who yeah. directed uh, that. So I'm kind of curious to see that. Um, the mythology and world building in John Wick, uh, I was like, oh, bleh. I was kind of. Oh, I, I liked it. Yeah. I, I like. Well, here's the thing. I hear it. I hear it expands in a way that's good in, in John Wick, which too. is good. I, so I was really drawn to the world. So the world was more interesting to me than the film in the right. first John Wick. So I was like, what are these coins in the yeah, yeah. secret assassin society? And like, it just made a lot of like. It mm. made me. It it did the thing I think good stories do, where it doesn't over inundate you with sort of world building you don't need, but while still being like there is more behind this curtain if we had the time to show you. Right. I I think I guess I thought it was a little silly and kind of played a little silly, um, but but then I was like, but again, the choreography, the action was was top notch. And you're not wrong. You're not wrong. There was. Uh, it's so funny. Uh, someone just coined Ready Player One, a, a book that was being made into a Steven Spielberg yeah. film uh, that I. Uh, I I really liked my first reading and my second reading. I was like, Ooh, and someone on Twitter or somewhere coined it as the neckbeard twilight. Right. <laughs> and it is. Yeah. Uh, actually, um, Lindsay Ellis uh, just did an amazing piece sort of apologizing to Stephanie Meyer for her treatment of Twilight throughout the years. Uh, yeah. Check that out on YouTube. It's wonderful. Yeah. Um, it just sort of, it, it bits its and, thing. And yeah, my, I think my uh, my saying Fifty Shades of Grey is not an insult to Fifty Shades of Grey because I, I agree that there should be more films like Fifty Shades of Grey, which pander to a female audience, the way in which John Wick panders yes. to a 14-year-old It's boy. the same thing. Yeah. 100%. Um, All right, your number six, Shahir. My number six film of the year is The Florida Project. Shahir, <laughs> my number six film was The Florida Project. Really? Is this the first time? Oh, my God. Did we just is become this, best friends? Did we just, <laughs> just became best friends? <laughs> oh, my God. Ah, it's right here. It's right here on my paper. Oh, my God. The wow. Florida. Yeah. Again, a film that could easily go up the list on mine. It, it is locked in so hard in <laughs> mine, you could not shake it out with an ice pick. Uh, really just wonderful story. Wonderful, imp empathetic storytelling uh, that that cuts to the heart of a community that we don't see a lot on film, which is something I think Sean Baker is going to become known for. He might be, uh, you might <laughs> consider him to be the Ken Loach of America for a while. Um, he, uh, you know, and uh, uh, an absolute, uh, I, I know th this was the, the most controversial hot take from our, from our, um, uh, from our review of it was, it was like, well, the value of a child's performance. Oh and, yeah. Uh, you know, oh yeah. And, I forgot and, about that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was just a, an astounding uh, performance at the center of it. And I, and, and a, a performance by the mother as well. I believe her name. Uh, no, the, the child is called Brooklyn 
something. I think her name is Brooklyn. I don't remember. I, I, this is so bad. I should have IMDb open up in front of me, uh, but I don't because I'm a professional. Um, <laughs> you, you pay for it. You have IMDb Pro, so yeah. you know you're a professional that doesn't need to know their shit. Exactly, exactly. No, I uh, from the cinematography through to the storytelling, and and the it, it has one of the most astounding moments for me in a film, which is the two kids sitting on top of a tree, and she says, you know why I love this tree? is because when you cut it down, it just keeps growing and twisting. And I was just like, I, I just... I don't know what it is about that line sure. to me is magical and, um, and, and her delivery of it is magical and the, the scenery is just, I love it. I wrote down in my notes, I said, this is the best documentary that wasn't one. Okay. Uh, because it mm -hmm. feels, it feels the so best documentary cast with actors and written, <laughs> but, but like, but a lot of these people weren't actors. That's my point. They are acting, yeah. but they're not actors and right. you get a different feeling from that. Again, one of my favorite films, Umberto D did that whole damn thing. Yeah. Uh, the, the, it just like, it made you, it told you this amazing tale of like these forgotten people that you just don't ever think about. And then you get Willem Dafoe in there, just Willem Dafoe it up all over the damn place. Just and being so beautifully, minimalist but like uh feeling exactly like the right part of the world and it got you thinking about this is something that i i really um oftentimes we sort of butt heads you here on sort of like you know why film this and why not film that uh this film i think we talked about it somewhere down the line doesn't this film doesn't get me thinking about the film itself or characters in the film or like the thing whatever it gets me thinking and talking and conversing about the topic matter that it is about right and that's something i think is very very important that a lot of films actually don't do right. especially especially a lot of the films that i gravitate toward i'll talk about star wars marvel whatever but like there's there's nothing to talk about outside of that other than the business side of it there's a really interesting essay um uh in relation it was in sight and sound and it was in relation to david simon's the wire and they talked about the 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 sense in cinema of analogy versus uh direct correlation and right. what they're talking about was the idea that some films are analogous mm -hmm. you know like star wars is uh is is maybe uh an analogy for the vietnam war Right. Um, but the, and, and then the thing, and then some films are directly about things that are happening in our world. And, and, uh, the Florida project is a, is a really good example of things that are directly about things that are happening yeah. in our world. Yeah. Um, and that, may, and no, no one thing is better than the other, but, but, but it, that's what it makes it powerful. It, it is, but it's also a fantastic, um, piece of storytelling 100 percent, yeah and, and and the storytelling and the writing make that make that something because th again these aren't happy things to talk about but yeah. it puts you into a sense of making it okay to talk about them yeah um so that's that's both of our number sixes that's exciting <laughs> right now though remember that thing we were teasing about our about a, a listener a yeah. listener friend a listener turned friend is this is this our favorite listener no no that's not that's unfair. that's not fair that's not fair we that's have great not fair listeners. shahir we love all of our listeners equally but Jacob did send us a spreadsheet last year outlining our our uh, top tens, his top tens, and a statistical analysis between the two. Let, let so me tell you, so we just felt you, we had to bring him back. You could write, you could write a thesis based on the emails that Jacob has sent us. Uh, Jacob was kind enough to give us a couple minutes of his time, and uh, we asked him because we're at the halfway point of our own things, of, of our own list, to come and give his top five of the year. So joining us on the podcast is Listen to Jacob. What's going on, buddy? Hey, thank you guys. Thank you guys. Jacob, wait, hold on a second. Have you been here this entire show? <laughs> Just quiet and now you're chiming in? 
I do like to sit in the corner, yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> He's been here the whole – the call is coming from inside the studio. He's been here every episode, 140 of <laughs> <laughs> Jacob, you, my friend, point us to uh, a ton of films that we have not heard of or things that might be off our beaten paths and whatnot. Um, uh, what, what would be some films uh, of this year that we might that we might not have seen or tried? So this year had an amazing – amount of movies that i saw i saw like 122 movies that came out this oh my year God. um way more than us yes <laughs> uh but yeah some of the ones that were kind of uh off the radar kind of you know not too not too discussed um there's a movie called dave made a maze which is absolutely hilarious and funny and kind of genre oh that's the um, cardboard one right yeah yeah it oh was super, i wanted to see that super fun yeah it was it I, I don't even know how to describe it. It is just really, really interesting. Um, there is an Australian uh, film called Hounds of Love that was uh, very hard to digest. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't an easy movie to sit through. That's that's for sure. Yeah. But I, I like a challenge when I watch movies. Uh, I just watched one earlier today called Columbus. It, it's I, I mean, I like slower paced uh, kind of slow burns. And it was it, it was great. The film about architecture, wonderful. right? Right. Yeah. Correct. And uh, and a, another just kind of sub, not even subplot, but another story about addiction and responsibility growing up as a young adult, which was very nice to see. Well, no, nothing about the genocidal explorer, I'm guessing. That is true. <laughs> OK, that just making sure it's not even Columbus, Ohio, like I originally thought it's Columbus, Indiana. Oh, so. Wow. My U.S. geography is, is terrible. So that, that it's all make... north from you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jacob, could you could you run through what would be your top five movies of 2017? You're going to kick us off into our top fives. Now, the weaker films have sunk and now the greater films shall rise. All right. Uh, uh, but number five for me is uh, Michael Showalter's The Big Sick. Ah. At that movie, I'm a sucker for a romance that's not, you know, a, a typical romantic comedy, something that has a lot more heart to it, uh, something that just really reaches me on an emotional level. And that movie, that movie kind of destroyed me in a way, but in a good way. I, I was left, I left the theater very happy and fulfilled and just, uh, it was my number one for quite some time. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, but, how did it uh, drop yeah. five places? Yeah, now wait. So what? What overtook it first? <laughs> so what the the most recent thing that overtook it uh, was uh, Craig Gillespie's I Tanya. Uh, That's my uh, number yep. four. Number four. Um, I actually saw this way back in September uh, at a screening. Um, I had really mixed feelings on it. I loved the style. I loved the performances. All the technical aspects I really enjoyed of the film. But I had an issue with the way it dealt the really serious topics of child abuse, domestic abuse, uh, and then turned it right into a laugh. Just the next scene. Yeah, I, yep. had, I thought that was kind of kind of tactless, kind of tone deaf. And I, I I was kind of left uneasy about it. But then I saw it a second time and knowing it was coming, I kind of braced myself for it and just kind of really let the movie itself sink in. Mm -hmm. And I just I can't get over how good uh it was made how yeah. just how all the performances the style of it okay what else uh, knocked off the big sick number three okay. <laughs> number three uh you guys discussed and i don't think we're as keen on it as i am um it is three billboards outside of heavy missouri <laughs> uh, ah. i think the hot topic film of the year <laughs> yep. Uh, yep and 
yeah. And for me, I mean, this really, it just boils down to, I had a very fun time with this movie. Um, it, stylistically, it almost reminded me of a uh, uh, Coen Brothers film. Yep. Um, I just, the, the performances were great. There were some shocking moments that I had no idea were coming. And it was just another very stylistic film that it just did everything. It checked all the right boxes for me personally. Okay. All right. We I, we will have things to say about that movie. I think as, <laughs> sure. it, as it uh, as it has uh, itched its way into the awards season. Yes. As well. Right. <laughs> Number two was a movie that I really didn't have any interest in the seeing, but I'm kind of a completionist, and I have to see everything that you know has award buzz. So it is Call Me By Your Name. Oh, wow. I was I was going to go Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales uh, <laughs> you know, for the close. completionist. Yeah. Very close. Oh, Call Me By Your Name is number two. Yeah, I just, I don't know what it was about this. It just had a certain artistic quality that went beyond entertainment value. Um, just, it just was, it was absolutely gorgeous. Uh, the story itself was wonderful and left me thinking about these two characters for days after I saw the film. That's uh, that's wonderful to hear. I think I think that's you know like uh, there's a distinction David Fincher makes between movies and films, and I think mm -hmm. he talks about um, Fight Club being a film and Panic Room being a movie. And I think uh, you know the distinction there is one is there to entertain and to be drowned out, you know, like you can consume it by the masses, and the other is that you can you it it leaves you thinking about your your own life in a different way. So I think that's a uh, uh, not a dumb way to look at that movie at all. Quite a quite an astute way. Yeah. All right. And what was your number one? My number one film of the year. I There's really no reason for it other than I absolutely adored it 100% is The Florida Project. Oh! Yeah, Sean Baker with a bullet. Very nice. I, and the funny thing is I wasn't that big of a fan of uh, Tangerine. Mm -hmm. I, I saw it. I enjoyed it for what it was, but I thought it was a little overpraised. Mm -hmm. um, I was like, okay, that was cool. But when I saw the trailer for it, uh, when I saw just how fun it looked, but yet still how human it was and how real it felt, I, I knew I had to see it. And it, I, from the opening frame, I was like, yes, this is the movie for me of 2017. Wow. And a movie uh, yeah. that has kind of been overlooked in the Oscar season this it year. Has. Yeah. Other than Willem, right? Um, yeah. Really? Is exactly. there a couple others? Yeah. This, yeah. Yeah. Jacob, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Again, we thank you so much for uh, the amount of time you put into to, to being part of the community that we're trying to build here. Um, we absolutely love hearing from you. And I, I, I got to say, I, I know you've actually requested movies from us before that we have not made it to. Because we're bad people. Because we're terrible people. <laughs> but if there was one movie that you saw this year that that you would love us to to engage with was there anything that you felt like we we missed and we absolutely should have covered uh and we'll yeah, try to do I'll, it <laughs> from now sure, on sure. um I'll, I'll go ahead and say uh a film i also recently saw that made it as my number 10 film which is called tramps oh yes uh, i know by, tramps it was actually shot in this neighborhood <laughs> yeah it was a, it's a new york film yeah. it, it it was i had no idea about it going into it and it was just it was it was super entertaining it was uh, a nice simple story but done really well and the characters are the forefront of that movie and it, it just felt very realistic and down to earth 
I think that yeah, nice. the, the director had done in a, a previous film that I re, that I have seen called Gimme the Loot, uh, which I really Ooh. like. Ooh, I like I like all these titles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and we promise, and I will hold us to that promise. Oh no, today what's he doing? That we are gonna <laughs> do this film. Okay, because I've been all wanting right. to check it out for a while as well. No, and beyond that, I, I you know I, I would I would promise it even if I didn't want to see it because <laughs> Jacob, we really appreciate you uh, listening in, and uh, as we do all of our listeners, but you, you you come at us with some with some detail, my friend, and we really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah. yeah. Talk about synchronicity. We did not plan that, but yet here we are. Yeah. His number five was our equal. No, no sorry. His number one was, was our, our equal, equal number, number five. Six. Number oh, six. six. Sorry. <laughs> we so close. <laughs> synchronicity is broken. I don't think it's going to be synchronous the, the rest of this list. Yeah. Yeah. No, but thank you, Jacob. Uh, I think uh, the, the choices he made are, are obviously, th- this is the thing as well. There, there's some, there's so many like usual suspects uh, on, of course. on everyone's top five list or top 10 list this year um so uh you know uh, and and we we've talked about all the things that make uh, the Ferrara project great and you know like the, the thing that he pointed out is exactly the reason why i think my list is fluid because you know like for him the Ferrara project was clearly uh without a doubt the number one film yes. and and it's and there's no arguing with that there's it is a wonderful wonderful movie um so yeah no thank you so much for your time jacob we appreciate that and we look forward perhaps to having you come back one day maybe you could become a regular Thanks, Jacob. Yeah, that'd be fun. I I dig that. He is a he is a smart cookie. All right. Moving on. What's your number five taking us to the second half of our list here? Number five. Phantom Thread by Paul Thomas Anderson. All right, all right, all right. All right. Last podcast we did. Yeah, last podcast we did. I, uh, I, uh, this movie, I think uh, more than any film, I think I saw this year, put a real smile on my face. It just, it just made me happy, uh, and and it was delightful and sensual and indulgent, and it made me feel like I was uh, in the house of Woodcock, so to speak. You know, and it was. Um, I think I think there's a lot of um, uh, tribute being played to Daniel Day Lewis, and it is it is a wonderful performance from Daniel Day Lewis, but it's also a wonderful send off for Daniel Day Lewis because it is a film where Daniel Day Lewis, by the end of it, takes backseat to the women around him, and and I think that that is a that is an uh, appropriate send off for for uh, 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 what is arguably arguably being uh, um, uh, an actor who has portrayed toxic masculinity in a lot of his films and Abraham. Uh, Lincoln. Uh, yeah. Um, and Abraham Lincoln. Talks to Max. <laughs> so it's Daniel Playton View and Abraham Lincoln. Yep. Um, and, and I, you know, I just, uh, I think it's one of Paul Thomas Anderson is, is, you know, like he, he very rarely does wrong in my mind. And even his wrong is like, well, it's, you know, yeah, you know, it's still a milkshake, but, but this is, this is not one of those. This is, this is an absolutely delightful film that I'm, I'm, I'm eager to rewatch. I'm so glad that you and guest of that uh, episode, Jamie Walsh really enjoyed, um, really enjoyed the film, uh, because I liked it. Yep. Uh, but it, it didn't grab me, but I, but, but I also see, I think it's how, how you feel towards guardians. Honestly, it's, yeah. you see it, yeah. you see it there, but it's not the thing that grabs you the yeah. way, you know? So, I mean, I think it's a hundred percent deserving uh, to be on anyone's list, uh, and it, it, it's it, it is it is one of the pinnacles for many reasons of twenty seventeen. Uh, before you do your top five, can I give you like uh, just a couple of films just on that point of films that I think were p- wonderful but just didn't grab me personally? Oh, sure. Yeah, you know, like uh, because I think that's an important thing. That that's what this list is. It's like it's not actually about like what is the best film. It's like what what you know kind of I gravitated towards. But films that I thought were wonderful but didn't do much for me with films like The Big Sick. 
I, okay. I, I thought it was a wonderful film, but I just, I didn't like grasp onto it. And gotcha. The Shape of Water was mm-hmm. another one. Dunkirk, Detroit, and It Comes at Night. Dun- These, wait, I thought you loved Dunkirk. I liked Dunkirk. Remember my experience of Dunkirk? Oh yeah, you I got a, thrown. You got thrown. Yeah. You got thrown. And I and I kind of felt like it was like the IMAX experience of World War II. Um, yeah, so, for your ears. Now you're yeah. permanently damaged. Yeah, so I, I'm curious. I do want to re- revisit Dunkirk. But, I want to watch it on an iPhone just yeah. to be bitter. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> what is your number five film? Number five film for me is Lady Bird. Lady Bird. Lady Bird. Lady Bird, she's so fly. Ooh, Lady Bump. Uh, beautiful 70s track. Look that up. Um, a lot of screaming. Lady yeah. Bird was great. Yeah. Uh, Lady Bird, I, I basically went into a little bit blind. I'd seen one part of a trailer, but it was literally just the most beautiful and uh, brutal-ish sort of tale of, um, uh, and honest, I think honest is a big word, of how adolescence feels. Uh, the, it's sort of humor as medicine for your soul. And there wasn't sort of a more I feel like and this is going even beyond my opinion I feel it seemed as a as a critic a critical darling of a film 100% of Rotten Tomatoes and blah 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 there wasn't a more universally effective and understood film of 2017 mm. it seemed like most everyone from all walks of life could come to this film and get a similar experience which uh, and take similar things out of because growing up the feelings you feel growing up, everyone's sort of situations are a hundred percent different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the feelings you feel a lot of times, I think can be startlingly similar in the human condition. And this film shows a tiny slice of a piece of an adolescent human condition. And it does it beautifully with care and, and funny moments and, and, and um, naivete in some spots and just sort of frivolousness in others. And it, and it, and it, and it counterbalances that entirely. I've never watched something where I've been like, Especially something where, like, this girl in the film did not have the same experience growing up that I had, but we felt the same things at the same time, at, at similar times. I think the thing for me as well is it's a wonderful depiction of a mother-daughter relationship. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an absolute, you know, Laura Metcalf in that film. Laura not, not since Brave have I seen uh, <laughs> a, a better mother-daughter. Uh, that wouldn't be the one I would I would gravitate towards. What's another one? I'm trying to think, because Brave, Brave struck me <laughs> for because... For some reason, the only, the only one that comes to my mind is the worst example. It's Flowers in the Attic. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> there you that go. Is, that is a terrible Or example. maybe Mother, Laura exclamation point yeah different slightly different mother door but yeah. no it is a wonderful film i i wish i wish i'd put it on my list but it was just it was one where i was like i really i really 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 like this film but i kind of you know i just gravitate to other i films hear you yeah. i hear you yeah. all right shahir number four number four with a bullet made of love is call me by your name <laughs> <laughs> okay love uh, bullets flying hot yeah i love bullets flying all over the place in this movie um call me by your name uh a film i think jacob described it best uh which was something that just transcended what it actually was and something that um that made me feel it connected to my to the reptilian part of my brain in a way that I think few other films actually did. Uh, and it made me feel things deeply and profoundly. That's not the reptilian part of your brain. It, it is because the instinctual part. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see that. But yeah. then the feelings part are different. It's hitting different parts. No, but of it's, you. Just, it's hitting me on a really, it's hitting me on a pure instinct level. Like I'm not, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm a, I, I, I get, lose, okay. I lose the sense of myself and I, I just you. respond. I got animalistic. Yeah. And, and it was, um, 
it, it has, I think, one of the best monologues in film this year. Um, and and you're for talking a, the end, yeah, oh, and for a film that so that is good. so seemingly slight, um, it just captures the essence of a moment in a kind of perfect way. And so I, I just uh, adored this film. There is talk of a sequel at this point. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Well, because in the in the book, um, and I haven't read the book, but in the book, the the last chapter just goes on to like other parts of their lives. Um, and Luca Guadagino, I don't, know if, I don't know if he's like messing with us, but wow. he's like, I, I want to revisit these characters and bring them back. And it kind of, if, if he does, I hope he kind of goes down the before sunrise, before sunset. Um, like 10 before, years, 10 years, yeah, 10 years. Yeah, and, and also like, like reevaluating where these people are in different times. That'd be interesting. Um, I don't know if I, we need to, I don't know if we need to see it. It is a beautiful film. On yeah. Its right. I, I think, um, I and a think beautiful song. My favorite song of the year is uh, in a film. The, uh, a lot of things that Lady Bird did it also worked for me in sort of a similar way. This film is the film equivalent. Like it's the, it's the, it's the closest to the actual feeling I had the first time I was in love. Mm hmm. I just saw it and got to experience it again. And I think a lot of that, again, I go back to my roller coaster of enjoying the film. The first time you fall in love is not all good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It is up and down all over the place. And, uh, this film gave me those feelings. So, uh, it is, it is, it is, uh, it is a damn good film. hundred percent. What's your love bullet for number four? My love bullet for number four is I Tanya. And before we (laughs) talk about how that's disqualified, (laughs) there was a secret meeting we had. So the rules, the rules are, the rules are in flux. The no, rules no. are in flux because in this secret meeting, you and I discussed uh, sort of what we were going to review and include before this thing came out, et cetera, et cetera, so on and so forth. And for whatever reason, I, Tanya, fell in a little crack of gray area in our in our rule structure, and I pounced on it. So what happened was, is <laughs> if you're listening to this now, you will know that we are almost approaching February uh, for this for this best of 2017 episode. And what and that wasn't a point of laziness. We would have released it in, Janu- in January, uh, uh, if 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 we had done, if we'd gone to it, but the reason we didn't was that we wanted to catch up on so many films. And if we didn't, if we'd released it when we should have released it, Call Me by Your Name, Phantom Thread wouldn't be on that list. I Tanya so, as well, too. And, and I Tanya. And so I think what I said to Matt was because we knew we are reviewing I Tanya. It's coming up very shortly uh, on our list of movies. Um, and I think what I said to him was like, well, we, why don't we just say that those can be included on this list because they're 2017. This this all comes back to Jacob calling me out in 2016 for including. <laughs> Including movies that we reviewed in the following year. This Jacob, time is, uh, you know, time is a flat circle and this is all because of you. Also, that means nothing. Um, but no, I'm going to, I'm going to, so that's the explanation, but yeah. uh, thanks. I, Tanya is an excellent movie. I will reserve comment in ju- uh, uh, on it because, uh, because we haven't reviewed it yet right. on the show. I will just say, that's, I will that's just say. twice you've done this now, Matt. Yeah, but this one's allowed and I don't need to change it where the other one was not allowed and I changed it. Anyway, I, Tanya review incoming my number four film. You'll find out why soon. All right. Uh, let's see here. We got, we got, oh, we're coming down to some of the ends of the packages here. We have more friends from New Year's Eve. Sammy and Joe, what were your favorite films of the year? I am going to do Lady Bird. Oh, that's fine. He totally we're sniped both. Sammy's movie. <laughs> we're both going to do, we're what both going to do Lady Blade Bird. Runner. It I was know. Blade Runner. We <laughs> had this set up. This was not off the cuff, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to preface this by saying that I want us, I want us to both talk about it because I was watching Lady Bird. Sure. Watching Ladybird, and I was thinking, like, and Sammy was sitting next to me, kind of freaking out. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. And, and, and was, was sort of shaking a bit. And I, it was a great movie, very powerful film. I didn't realize that this movie was shot at the same high school Sammy went to. Oh, holy shit! It's pretty relatable. 
and all the sort of the boys go to a boys' it school. It was very strange, right? And they, we went so with it Becky has had an I impact was... on so many people. And then to me, imagining, oh my god, it was also a film about my youth shot at my high school. Yeah, would freak me yeah, out. Yeah, you're still well. in my thunder here, sweetie. Yeah, I'd have no. Yeah, so that's why I wanted to talk about it because you have a unique perspective. <laughs> so you were trying to help. Movie. You were trying to help Amazing your wife, movie. but in a way, <laughs> you stole my story. I want. No, I want to hear. I want to hear. <laughs> I want to hear what Sammy, you have to say about Lady Sammy. Bird. What was it like growing up? We were watching it, and they're in my uniform. And I leaned over to Becky, and I was like, dude, that's that's weird. This movie's really relatable, <laughs> but they're in my uniform. And then suddenly they're in my freaking high school parking lot. And I was like, it's my theme. Sammy had some one of Sammy's best friends growing up was a little shorter and dark-haired. And that symmetries in the movie as well. <laughs> yeah. Like a taller, slimmer girl, and then a shorter was, girl with dark did, hair. they did theater. I mean, it was a really cute film. You Anyways, dated, you, you dated, really liked Blade Runner. You liked, you now, now, yeah, Sammy, now tell why life. Joe liked Blade Runner. To give the story I why. I didn't say that part I of wanted you to He had yeah. my backstory. He, you, I don't know. Why would you like it? No, I make it up. It make long. it up. Make it up and then he'll fix I it. I think that visually and the art direction was fantastic. Oh, my God. It was beautiful. Runner. And it's it's lent itself. You've seen online people doing incredible cel-shaded renderings, like yep. watercolor renderings of Blade Runner. It's just the color work was, it was amazing. Was astonishing. I'll even go one further. I'll take it down a little bit weird. I've watched probably without noticing it for like 15 minutes just the gif of Ryan Gosling in the snow on the stairs <laughs> I think Sam and I differ here but I can watch Ryan Gosling go about regular tasks sure. methodically like yeah. I, I, I will pay to no, watch no Drive yeah, is I boring didn't, I, didn't, I hate I love, Drive I love Drive I hate I love drive. drive I could I, watch Ryan Gosling no just, I'm not that indie that's another that's a that's a discussion just for another time hipster. Uh, ladies and gentlemen you can go back and listen to both the Blade Runner or the Lady Bird or the Drive podcast yeah. they're all on there Sammy Joe thank I you did. so much for joining <laughs> thank, me thank, thank, thank you so much all right, there I think I think that points to the the thing. The reason why Lady Bird is doing so well uh -huh. is that it is so relatable. Like even me, I grew up in New Zealand, and and I saw pieces of my growing up sure. in that film. And it, you know, like it, and 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 so I think that's the the if you talk about tapping into something, I think that's what Lady Bird really does tap into. Yeah, it's quite it is quite extraordinary that it does. And Blade Runner, I mean, we've talked about a little bit here, sort of back and forth, a couple people discussing it. Uh, it there are there are moments of of just pure cinematic joy to be had with Blade Runner, despite mm -hmm. the fact it does sort of fall short in other places for me. But like I think uh both of those are 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 apt choices for the 2017 uh, best movie that affected you category. Shahir, number three, buddy. What is it? These this final three, by the way, are really interchangeable. You could you can move all of these around. Shahir, you don't have to say it anymore. Nope. Everyone knows nope. all of your stuff is fluid like water, and it, none all, of these numbers matter. All three of these were number one at one point, and all three were number three at some point. Sure, um, but you've said that about every one so far. Yeah, the, these these three really, uh, yeah. But my number three movie of the year is D. Reese's Mudbound. I just think this is an extraordinary, epic piece of filmmaking, uh, staggeringly told, given how small the budget was as well. Um, it, the, if there's any tragedy to the Oscars this year, it's that D. Rees wasn't nominated for Best Director. Yeah. Um, Rachel Morrison, who uh, was the cinematographer on the film, was rightly nominated for Best Cinematography. And to be honest with you, I hope she wins. Um, it is... Uh, and I, I just... It was one of those films I put on in the middle of the night, you know, kind of expecting to watch, you know, 10 to 15 minutes just to get, you know, get, get a sense of it. Um, but I couldn't put it down. It is, um, it is story. It, it, you know, the, the thing about it as well is it's really classical 
filmmaking. It's yeah. really classical storytelling. It's it's classic big storytelling. Um, but but done. Um, but but again, of the moment as well. I think it touches on something um, in terms of historical race politics in America uh, about where we come from uh, that I think uh, is really important. So you know, for all those reasons and more, and and it's just a wonderful piece of filmmaking. Yeah, uh, Mudbound is my number three. All right. I, I agree with all those things. Mudbound was uh, a, a very nice surprise for me. I went into that totally cold mm-hmm. and I came out being like, and I came out with a, with a, I love it when Netflix films are great yeah. because you can, you can, you can not only recommend them to people, but there's also no excuse for people not to watch them. Yeah. You'd be like, you just tap into their account and be like, Hey, have you watched Netflix? Yeah. Imagine yeah. if Netflix had like a chat function. Oh, uh, my, my friends would hate me. Like, like you pop up while they're watching a movie. It's like, you watching this? Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of popping up my number three. Yeah. What is it? It's very apt because there's three claws involved on each fist. Uh, is it a, is it uh, uh, a weapon uh, with a with a letter denomination, possibly weapon C? Nah, D, Wolverine, e. Schnicky, Schnicky, Schneid. And what I'm doing right now, and you can't see it, is I'm miming Wolverine's uh, fucking berserker attack with his adamantium claws. It's Logan, <laughs> even though I just did a Mallrats reference. Um, man, uh, Logan, Logan. <sighs> Logan blew my mind. It's a perfect example, as we sort of said, of, of a franchise culmination. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it also took the, uh, the the parts from the source material at like, and I mean, old man Logan, the comic book added newer, stronger sort of motivations behind it and kind of cut out the chaff. That yeah, I, I think it was distilled stupid. old man Logan yeah. into, into a really clear story. Yeah, uh, it, it, this is just how a franchise should end. It's an emotionally resonant finale until they eventually reboot it, uh, <laughs> which makes me sad to think. But that obviously is not the last time we will see the character of Wolverine on screen. It's just going to be one of those things where it's, I don't know what you're, where you're going to take it from here. Yeah. Um, and if, and you know what I can honestly say with that, if they never did, and it never, this will never happen, but if they never made another fi- film with Wolverine in it, yeah. Uh, I would be fine. Yeah. I and I don't, I can't think of another superhero at this point where I feel like their stories are, are meaningful and poignant and finite enough, uh, where I would feel comfortable with that. Right. Um, and that's just great. Yeah. Uh, you mean if they decided not to print money? Yeah, yeah. If they just decided, you know what? We have enough. Hey, does, does, do other countries need clean water? Yeah. We can do that. Yeah. With, no? With our Logan, uh, Logan receipt. Is our, everyone our, good? But, I, but you know what I think it is as well? Is I, think, I think that's what Hugh Jackman's doing. I think Hugh Jackman is saying, you know what? I'm done. I'm, I'm good. Thank you very much. I've really enjoyed my time here. Uh, yeah. Peace out. Yeah. And, and you know, it's like, and, and he's doing it at an age where there's, I feel like there's an entire career ahead of him beyond Wolverine, even yeah. though he did it for 17 years. Um, so yeah, no, we, uh, uh, it, they're in opposite ends of our list, but again, you know, your, yours are fluid. Mine are, yeah. are, are literally hard as diamond. Your, your, your list is itched in stone. Mine is floating on a, 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 a water, a river on, on a water, on a water, on a water. <laughs> yeah. On a water. Well, I was going to, I was going to say floating in perfume in a man's hat, which is a, a, a Simpsons. <laughs> Jesus reference. Christ. Well, why don't you pluck your number two film out of your hat filled with perfume, man, this could have easily been number one. Uh, I want you to say one of these without giving a caveat. No, it's it's just I'm I'm like looking at it, going, oh, should I change it out now? You could. I I can't see your screen. Yeah. You could flip it right now. I can now. flip it right now. But my number two film is Get Out. Okay. Get, okay. Uh, it, and again, this is that the you know like not a caveat, but it's not it's not necessarily the film that I think is the best film of the year. It's an excellent. It's, it's your second favorite film of the year. It, it's an excellent excellent film, but it also 
it's one of the most important films of the year. It is. It taps into. 100%. It taps into a moment of the now in a way that is entertaining and that is thrilling and that will be remembered. I think if anything, um, if anything comes out of the cinema of 2017, it'll be the image of Daniel Kaluuya in the sunken place. Yeah. Because the sunken place yeah. is the is the most ingenious uh, literary metaphor for uh, racial politics in America. Mm-hmm. It is it is truly an astonishing piece of cinema that um, uh, that needs to be seen in the theater as well because the experience, the collective experience of seeing it um, is important. And it's, yeah. it's, 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 it makes you feel weird. Yeah, it, it really, it's, and you know, like, uh, you know, when uh, they have uh, movie screenings at the, uh, at the White House, you know, like uh, uh, they'll, every year um, sure. the president will be shown a, a series of films or request a series of films. I really think Donald Trump should watch this movie. He, I, would, he, he wouldn't, he'd be one of those assholes just still tweeting through the entire thing. <laughs> um, but no, but other than that, it is, uh, it's so, it's such a masterfully ingenious idea for a film executed well. Um, yeah, I, I you can't, there's no, there aren't enough superlatives about it. Fair enough. Yeah. No, it, it was, it was a fantastic film that did, uh, I don't know. I just, I, I've, I've watched it a couple times at this point and it's fun to find the little things. Yeah. Like, uh, a lot of the people who's bad, you know, I won't spoil things, but like there are visual cues that let you know the twist way before the twist happens, which is always fun for me too. It's a, there's a lot yeah. of small things along with the sort of the grandiose ideas that it's, it's putting together in a very palatable and, and, and important and, and, uh, engaging fashion. Yeah. My number two, however, is not palatable for some at all. I'm guessing it starts with an Ardians. No. Uh, no? It's Mother. Mother. Tell your children not to watch this film. <laughs> no, uh, Mother, Mother punched me in the gut nine times and then slapped me in the face, and I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll have another one of those, please. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's a film that just... I found myself giving it the most thought yeah. out of all films of 2017. Mother is the film that I actively, when thinking about other things, my mind would drift back to Mother. Yeah. Uh, and it's one of the only films in the list where um, I do feel like if a person can't admit that this is an example of film craft at its finest, whether you loved it or hate it, and I know even Babe and Leo, Leo said he didn't like it at all, yeah. but he... He, he dug, he at least knew that it took skill to make. If someone doesn't have that in them, I kind of have a problem discussing films with them. It's a very <laughs> litmusy uh, thing. It's a hard to, it's a hard film to watch, but a great film to dissect. Yeah. And, um, oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's, it's so good. I've watched it a couple times now and, uh, you you catch on to some stuff and there's little there's little things that just just permeate throughout and it is uh, lovely and it's so much fun. It's one of those films where if you've seen it, if you show it to another person, yeah, uh, it's just as fun for you as the first time you watched it. And uh, on the list, it's on the list of worst pictures of the year. No, worst actress yeah. of the year. Uh, yeah, but I think and also worst director. I yep. believe. Yeah. Wow. Um, it, look, it, it does things that no other film did this year. Yeah. Uh, it, and it got me thinking probably the most about Catholicism that I have in a very long time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so mother, mother, 
Oh, we got one more package here. Oh, wow. One more package. This one is is wonderful. Uh, guest of last week's show, Jamie Walsh, okay. and her two lovely roommates, Elise and Tanya, tell us about not only their... Well, I will say this. Not their favorite film of the year, but we've been talking a lot about film-going experiences, and this was their favorite film-going experience of 2017. Roll the tape. Ladies, thank you so much for joining me very briefly here on New Year's Eve. Oh, thank you for having us, Matthew. Of course, so of course. Honored. No, really honored. This is a really fantastic podcast. Super, no. super honored. Thank, thank you very you. much. Thank You've you. all been to the live show, which I'm very appreciative yes, of. We it loved was it. Great. It was great. Go, Amazing. go, go. Um, I know you have a specific story. It's not necessarily your favorite film of 2017, but your favorite movie-going experience of 2017. Tanya's looking at me like I'm wrong. I'm like, um, it's the best movie of 2017. Okay, then uh, you know what? I'm going to let Who's who's taking the reins of well, this? So Tanya's birthday was in May, and uh, we we decided that uh, a good thing to do would be to take Tanya to one of the installments of one of her favorite film franchises. Okay, her favorite, her favorite, the Fast and the Furious series. Now here's the here's what was special about this though is that. Elise and I have been sh- aggressively shaming Tanya for years, years about liking Fast and the Furious. Yeah. She's com- she's a committed fan, and we have just constantly shat on her You about and I that. have seen maybe what, like up to I Tokyo I had never Drift? seen one. I no? had never seen a single Fast oh, and the Furious. I mean, I had seen one, two. I saw one and two for sure. Sure, sure. Tanya, I mean, since you're the, the super fan, you obviously <laughs> know the order goes one, two, four, five, six, three, seven, eight. Yeah, it goes crazy. <laughs> yeah. And they're not all good but i'm still a fan and i'm sticking with it yeah but we should talk about how excited they were when they were actually watching the movie once once we committed (sighs) we got excited we're going to the amc Times square theater to see this beautiful piece of art which it is a oh my god guys it is a piece of art it is so out of it knows itself that is the theme of 2018 know thyself fast and the furious knows (laughs) thy fast and furious knows what it's about um, I think it resonated because it was uh, we were so excited. Everyone in the theater was so excited to oh, watch yeah. it. There was Everyone like, was like clap clapping and clap like breaks cheering. Oh, Everyone. Like, and we're all adults. We're all over so 30. Special. Yeah. It's just like it makes it so much better. So I don't think I would get that at home. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. It just makes it just worth it. It would just it was magical. I have nothing else I, to say I definitely, about it. I do. I think it's a, gr- a shared group yes. experience. That movie, 100%. that movie does get better with a shared group of people. A hundred percent. I high fived the complete stranger next to me. I, I never have I seen a movie do that where it's as we said, sure. so aware of itself that it can just it can just break rules and make new ones and wink at the audience so and nothing matters and it nothing does at matters. the same time and you're you are just on board for all of it. I've never had so much he fun in a movie theater. Twenty five people on a plane while holding a baby. A baby. You you He's gonna get my child to daycare on time and safely. And I would totally, totally, totally never allow Jason Statham to take my child out of daycare. <laughs> he's picking up he's picking up your son right now. I didn't tell you. Oh, oh my. Uh, I, I gotta go. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you, Elise, Tanya, and Jamie for that. I mean, th- for all of the stuff that I, all the shit I talk mm-hmm. about theaters losing the experience of going to a movie theater, the, there is something that the Fast and the Furious and very, but that, that does that a lot of, that very few action type films do is they do give you this sense of camaraderie and, and, and sort of single serving friendship when you're there watching it with the big group of people and that's something in a theater that you cannot get anywhere else. Uh, I don't know if I'm that guy, but it was the this was the year 
that I saw my first Fast and the Furious sure, movie. Sure. I came in hot at no, what number are we up to? Seven? Eight? That's eight. Fate eight. of the Furious. The fate. eight was in the name. Oh, Shiger. fate. I, oh, my God. I just got that a whole oh, year. No. I've been thinking about that title. Uh, yeah. No, I'm. <laughs> I, I kind of want to go back and revisit them as, as sort of a as popcorn fair. You don't have to watch the first four, right? Oh, you that, really don't. Okay. I mean, Tokyo Drift, maybe. Right. Um, so no, I, I'm glad that people enjoyed that. I'm yeah. glad that 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 uh, that they had a good time at the movies. That's always that's always fun. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of fun, what's your number one? We're at the number one spot, you hear? A movie that nobody had a good time watching. Okay. Uh, your number two of the year, my number one. Oh, uh, so close! Is Mother. Oh. Uh, Darren Aronofsky's return uh, after I think his previous film was was it Noah or Black Swan? No, it was Noah uh, was Noah was last. Noah was last. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm racking my brain. Okay, don't worry movie. about it. Um, Mother, I think, uh, is chat. Here's the thing: Get Out was ingenious. Yep. Mother challenged me cinematically on a way that I think uh, few films I would expect uh, to come out in a mainstream theater to ever do. Yeah, uh, and it surprised me in ways that I think I I couldn't quite fathom uh, a big, you know, a, a, a even moderately sized budget film with one of the biggest movie stars on the planet uh, would ever do. I mean, if you think about you know like the other movie that she appeared in uh, this year, which was um, what was the movie with Chris Pratt uh, when they're in space? Oh, uh, space space. Space lovers. space lovers. Uh, that's not what it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Passengers. Hot people in space. Yeah, hot people in space. I mean, if you think about what what I and, and it's not a fair comparison, but 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 Darren Aronofsky uh, continues to remain true to the spirit with which he made um, Pie and Requiem for a Dream and infuses it with something that is culturally relevant today yeah. and challenging. Uh, you know, I, I don't think he just, I don't think he, he didn't just advance his argument about Catholicism, the environment, the way human beings treat each other, the way in which we receive messages and take them out of context, the way in which we interpret other people's behaviors. Uh -huh. But he also, he made it, he challenged the way cinema operates. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and he, you know, uh, it's just a remarkable film. The, the fact that it's nominated for a Razzie is, uh, nuts. is, is, is baffling is nuts. to me, but, it, but, it, but, you know, this is the, this is, this is what I want, uh, in my cinema, you know, in my movie going experiences is to have this sense of, of displacement of discomfort, but, but fruitful displacement, fruitful discomfort, yeah. you know, like putting me in places that I didn't think, uh, I would go but I did. And, uh, it's for that, for that. And, and, you know, countly all the reasons you said as well is an extraordinary piece of filmmaking. Agreed. I've said that phrase a number of times in this list. Yeah, it's fine because these are all extraordinary, extraordinary films. Yeah. Uh, and yours are fluid in a hat full of perfume floating yeah. there effortlessly. And mine are chiseled is. into the slates of time <laughs> mounted on the, the placard of eternity, which was the Catholic figure that comes out with the plaques of the 10 commandments. Uh, uh, uh I need to go <laughs> you, back and watch mother. You need to go um, back <laughs> my number one film, if you haven't figured it out yet, Shahir. Does it start with G and ends with Ardians? Of the Galaxy <laughs> Volume 2. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is my number one. And before everyone does say, oh, of course it is, you Marvel shill. <laughs> uh, this movie, I was, so I had a hard time before I chiseled these um, into, into, into the stones of the ether uh, for all eternity. Uh, that 
just sort of figuring out what would encompass my number one film of the year. And a lot of the things I've listed so far have been incredibly powerful in certain aspects of filmmaking and film watching for me, but nothing uh, encompassed everything in the exact proper amounts. I feel Mm -hmm. for me as guardians of the galaxy volume two, James Gunn has managed to take the silliest premise in the Marvel universe. And do something not only that's still fun and that's still spectacle and that gets motherfucking Kurt Russell involved, (laughs) but also take something that's like it actually does make you feel thing or made. I'll say this. It made me feel things and think about things about uh, about basically the concept of what family is, what family is family and also what uh, what parenthood and what what biological fatherhood is versus. Um, versus, uh, I guess, situational fatherhood. And uh, I did not expect to be crying at the end of this movie. This was not a film I went into expecting to feel all these feels. I was expecting to laugh at Drax misunderstanding things and have Rocket be an asshole. Hmm. It does some great stuff. Honestly, I don't know if there's if I've seen recently a better sister dynamic that has nothing to do. And granted, it doesn't mm-hmm. fully pass the Bechtel test because they do talk about Thanos, their father. Mm-hmm. Uh, but their their experience, they took a character, a one note character like Nebula and turned that fleshed her out entirely based around the experiences, these horrible experiences that her and Gamora had as children growing up. And there's a moments of catharsis and loss. And in the entire time, it's literally a super fun ride with, I feel still one of the best soundtracks uh, in, in, in films ever. So, so again, I don't think out of all this list of mine that it it is the best at, at everything it does, Mm -hmm. but I think it's balance of what I want when I see a movie is perfect. For yeah. instance, if other movies have stats like in a, even a D&D character like this is like, you know, 18 in this but like only 9 in this, this is like straight 16s or 15s down the line for for the for my nerdy friends out there. Basically, <laughs> it does all of its parts in the right proportions and it made it my favorite film going experience even when I sat through it in fucking RPX, the worst thing on the planet. Uh <laughs> it, it was it was my favorite film of 2017. Ah, okay. Well, no, I I you know, again, it's it's not a film that uh, necessarily resonated with me, but again, that's not what this list is about. Yeah. If we go back to that original tweet, these this list is about the things that we gravitate towards. Yeah, and uh, and I, you know, like I will say, I thought Guardians of the Galaxy was a very good. It was a very fine film. Um, very, you know, uh, you know, I, I compare it to Hellboy for me, which is that I was I yeah. watched it and I went, yeah, these are great. Um, not quite for me, but yeah, these are great. Um, I'm curious what films you're excited about this year. I'm guessing one is uh, one starts with an A and ends with a Avengers? Sure. Infinity War is a given, but I don't even want to talk about Infinity War because there's a far stronger, maybe probably property coming out before then in February. And that is Black Panther. Okay. Black Panther. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to pull a little bit of Shahir out of my hat and not watch every additional scene and like added thing that comes out in the press junket for this film. Yeah. It's hard. (laughs) I want to watch everything. Yeah. I think, uh, I, 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 I I can tell you how you can do that. I have a way. Don't do it. No, wait till February and watch the whole movie. 
Well, yeah. I mean, I've <laughs> seen know? the trailer. I've seen two. But of I'm the just trailers. saying that's the way you do it. Is I know. Just wait till the it's movie hard, comes but out. It, and watch but it. It, there's an addiction <laughs> thing to it. There's an addiction thing yeah. to trailer culture, especially with you and I. It, I think it's kind of important that one of us watches these trailers <laughs> to talk about. And I, I will like I I will watch a trailer for movies that I know nothing about. I will. Sure. I, and I will usually cut them off at some point, but I will I will watch like just to enough, get the gist. Just to, to get the gist of something I want to see. What about you? What are you psyched for for 2018? I don't know. Like I'm looking at the like a lot of best of list this year and it's all it is all like sequels and like you know oh, yeah. it, it's it's all sequels it's all franchises how many sequels and franchises was on our list a bunch on mine but i think yours probably had less uh i think uh on looking. My, and you know what was interesting about this year as well this is the i this is the 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 most crossover we've had this year with five films uh crossing over yeah. i i think i had one franchise and six of mine were non-franchise so you had four franchises. Yeah. 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 Um, that's okay. That's growth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, uh, I'm, I'm excited for, uh, Alex Garland's films, Annihilation. Uh, I'm, I'm hopeful. I haven't seen a trailer for it yet. I just, I loved Ix Machina so much and I think he's a great writer. Yep. Um, I think I have a good guest lined up for that episode as well. Good. Um, and then, uh, Wes Anderson has Isle of Dogs. You could argue that Isle Wes of Dogs is going to be great, uh, but uh, you know, you could argue that that is kind of a franchise for me, like the Wes Anderson extended universe. Sure. Um, that's about it at this stage. I'm sure there's plenty of films that are going to come out towards the back end of the year that I'm going to be, uh, super psyched about. I'm psyched uh, if this Cloverfield film comes out, the God particle, that's going to be, Possibly just releasing straight to Netflix. Yeah, uh, I you know I I re I think Ten Cloverfield Lane appeared on one of my top ten lists. Yeah, um, and I I again that's a franchise film done right. That's an me. anthology, and I yeah, love it. Yeah, no, it's really really great. But but yeah, I mean th I, I guess that's it now, right? I mean this has been. The only podcast about our year in review of the reviews of the year. Yeah. Thank you for indulging us, everybody. Uh, and thank you, everybody who contributed, who talked to us for this thing, who who writes us in constantly and engages with us on social media. It is an absolute privilege to be able to discuss films with all of you. And uh, I'm... And I'm looking forward to 2018 and doing more of it. And also write us in right now. If you think we're completely bonkers without, without fluid concrete list uh, <laughs> uh, of, of the best of films, what did we miss? What did we, what should we have seen? There's a bunch of films that I wish we'd seen. Sure. Um, write us in at only movie podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at only movie pod. Please leave us those iTunes reviews as well. Those are very helpful. Thank please, you. Chuck please, Finley please. Yes. this week. Superstar of the week. Superstar. Uh, and uh, we will be back uh, with our regular programming what was it next week next yeah. week that's what we do she yeah, we never miss a week she here when we yeah that's one thing we are consistent she here when we are when we are busy being consistent where can folks find you people can find me consistently on my website www.shahirdaud.com that's s-h-a-h-i-r-d-a-u-d -A -A uh which has links to my instagram twitter um what else do I do i don't know i don't do anything. all your stuff yeah all my stuff is on there matt how about you when you are not hardening concrete uh, lists right. uh, that you can chisel into stone and hang up on your wall, thus thus destroying a load-bearing wall uh -huh, and, and yeah. brings the entire house down, yep. crashing underneath the weight of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. Uh, can people find you homeless on your website? They can at <laughs> MatthewKroll.com and M-A-T-G-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com for my life and works. Also, Skeletor, the number four P-R-E-Z on Instagram or Emperor MSK on Twitter. Uh, and also, oh, check out... Uh, Live stream and still, my friends, on Twitch at Thursday nights, 8 p.m. James and I are talking, actually, sometimes some science fiction stuff, but then we do Friendship Watch at 9, where we take the toxicity out of the community. Uh, and, yeah, there's been a lot of sort of exciting developments in the only podcast universe ourselves. We have some announcements.
announcements coming up soon for possibly secondary shows or things going on like that. So there's lots of there's lots of things going on, Shahir. Yeah, lots of things. Yeah, lots of stuff. It's going to be an exciting year. It will be. Will it? It'll be exciting. Or it'll be the end of the world. I don't know. Who knows? Isn't the end of the world exciting? We uh, mm, Depends which side of it you're on. It's still exciting whether I mean, or not plan- it's good. I'm, I'm planning to be on one of those spaceships, right? Those oh. spaceships that are going up into space, interstellar style. Sure. That's that's happening, right? I was going to go Did you more, get the memo? I you didn't gonna, get the memo? I was going to go Wally style. You didn't get the email? Or 2012 style. Did you get the email? What email? The, you uh, I got to go back and check. You know, I'm, uh, maybe I'm not allowed to tell you. Shut up. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.